been such an honor and privilege being here, and uh, I feel like this is a God set up. I've been blessed. I've been ministered to by Pastor Paul, Pastor Henry, your whole team. Incredible. I uh, just feel like there's a kindred spirit with your pastors, and uh, just you know, just saying, hey, let's see God do something incredible in our lifetime. Uh, you add ten years to your age right now. If you just take your age, what you are right now, and add 10 years to it. Some of you are freaking out in this room right now. But 10 years goes really quickly. And uh, I really believe God wants to do something here and now. And He wants to do it in my lifetime. Uh, You know, I want to see nations changed in my lifetime. Uh, New Zealand's a small nation. I believe New Zealand can be saved. I think we've got 4.5 million people. You've got a lot more than us. But I believe the Philippines can be saved. Come on, how many believe that? We can see the greatest move of God that we've ever seen before. See, what religion does is it puts the power of God somewhere in the past. And we recall all the great stories of what God did in the past. And they're, they're great, but they're just the testament, uh, they're a testimony to lay the foundation for what God wants to do here and now. And what religion does is it puts the power of God somewhere in the past or puts it somewhere way out there in the future. But what a relationship with God does and a relationship with the Holy Spirit does is it brings the presence of God and the power of God into our now. God wants to do something now. We came out of a lockdown season. Our nation was locked down like yours was. But I I just live with the revelation that the Word of God, like Paul says, cannot be chained. And so while we were locked down, how many know the Word of God was ministering and God was moving in many different places? We came out of lockdown and we planted three new campuses just in our city. In lockdown, we planted a church in Budapest. In lockdown, just after lockdown, we launched a church in Mexico. In lockdown, just after lockdown, we launched a church in Fiji. Come on, how many know God's on the move? And while we're at home, God was moving. How many have heard the expression, go big or go home? You heard that expression, go big or go home? I figure, well, we've done home. How many were sick of home and sick of Zoom? Anybody with me right now? Yeah, it's like, we better go big. And there's nothing like a live gathering of God's people. And this is where I believe we need to be good at rallying together. We need to get good at getting on planes, getting in cars, traveling, and getting together with the people of God. Something takes place in these environments that can't take place in other environments. And while online is good, and I'm praying God's moving for all those who are tuned in, it's, it's still a substitute to the real thing of gathering together. How many like live sports matches? Going to the game is, is amazing. The atmosphere You can feel the tension. You're part of what's going on there. And I like going to live sports matches, live concerts. How many know in those environments, worship happens? Great worship takes place at a sports match, but how many know they're worshiping the wrong thing? 
Yeah, sadly, in some places, not here, there's great worship in this place. We're worshiping somebody who's worthy of our worship, but we're not giving him the worth that he deserves. I, I believe the church should be the most alive place on the face of the planet. Hey, come on, I hear Filipinos are expressive people. And, and then you put the Holy Spirit in a Filipino. Come on, how many know that should go to another level? If there's one place you should be able to be yourself, it should be the house of God. Some of you outside of church, it's like you're crazy, but come into the church, you get serious. I'm going, what's up with that? My Bible says in His presence, there is fullness of joy and life forevermore. And I, I just see that, you know, I go to a sportsman, I'm going like, man, the church should be the most alive place on the face of the planet. You know, the buildings, the stadiums that the sports teams occupy and people like Taylor Swift and, and Ed Sheeran. You know, they, people pay big money to go see those people. I, I believe we should occupy those spaces and those places with worship. In fact, down in our city, all the churches got together and we filled uh, the biggest indoor stadium with just a prayer meeting. A prayer meeting, you know, filled a stadium. No speakers. We had worship and we prayed. And the church came together. You know, too many people are looking for a show rather than an encounter. I'm glad this conference is all about having an encounter with Jesus. Well, some years ago, I, I was at an English football match and there's no uh, sports match, you know, or crowd or supporters like, like, like the English on the face of the planet. It's like outside of football, uh, they can be quite conservative and very stoic and have a stiff uh, upper lip. But you put an Englishman in a sports stadium, uh, they just take on a whole new persona. And it's like, are you the same person? You know, I can't reconcile that. It's like people sometimes when it comes to church, outside of church, they're the life of the party, but come into church. It's like, what happened in the club? It's like, yeah, but in worship, it's like this. And it's like, but, but English football supporters, you know, they're just next level. And I, I went to English, uh, not Premier League match, but a Division I match. And uh, I went along there and I was just amazed because, before kickoff, well before kickoff, the stadium was full. And I was going, wow, it was freezing cold. The whole place was packed out. It was a match between Brentford, who are now in the Premier League, and Gillingham. And there was a bit of bad blood between these two teams. In fact, there was so much bad blood that the managers of the opposing teams didn't shake hands after the match. And so you could feel this tension in the atmosphere, you had uh, the Gillingham supporters, they were there. There wasn't many of them, but you had the Brentford supporters there, and it was their home match. And what happened is the game kicked off, and, and Brentford went up 1-0. Then they went up 2-0, and it was just like the buzz around the stadium was incredible. Then they went up 3-0. There was a whole lot of songs being sung and chants. But then they went up 4-0. 
And a, and a couple of guys who weren't far from me stood to their feet just when there was a little bit of quiet in the stadium and they started pointing to the Jillian Hill manager going like this. And they were saying, you're getting fired in the morning. You're getting fired in the morning. And they start saying, you're getting fired in the morning. And, and next minute, you know, everybody around me stood to their feet and started pointing to this guy saying he was gonna lose his job in the morning. But it didn't stop there. It moved around the stadium. So everybody in the stadium except the Jillian M supporters were on their feet pointing to this guy saying he was gonna be unemployed in the morning. I'm going like, that's incredible. That's amazing. Two people had influence over a whole stadium. Two people started this thing and the whole stadium was pointing at this one man. I felt sorry for him, but they were pointing at this one man saying he was gonna be fired in the morning. That got me thinking about, about the wave. How many have ever been to a live match and you've seen the wave before? You know what I'm talking about? You know, people do the wave here in the Philippines. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like the wave. It's incredible when a whole stadium's doing the wave, you know, how does a wave start? Uh, a wave normally starts with two or three intoxicated people. You know, where there's a bit of a disinterest and dissatisfaction with what's happening. Those two or three people are totally committed and, and, and they start this thing. Uh, and, and when a wave's in motion, it, it, there's nothing like it on the face of the planet. It's like everybody anticipating their moment grabbing what's ever at their disposal and in one moment of complete abandonment, just letting it go. And when it's coming towards you, it's a sight. And I thought about this and I, I thought, when it comes to the church and what we read in Scripture about the early church, what, what's the church? The church is just a, it's a wave. It, it's a wave in motion. And I believe this church in the Philippines hasn't seen anything yet. And I, in fact, I believe from this conference, a wave is gonna start. Where things have come and gone, where things have been started and then stopped. What's happening in this place, I wanna declare tonight, is unstoppable. God's building a church in this name, nation, number one, that can't be ignored. Can't be, the world's not going to be able to ignore what God's doing. Number two, it can't be stopped. For some of you, you've been stoppable in the past. But I want to declare God's Word in you is not going to return void. But it's going to accomplish, as we heard, everything that God sent it forth for. It can't be ignored. A church that can't be ignored, can't be stopped and can't be explained. It's like, you know, people, how did that happen? And, you know, people ask me all the time, how you got all these churches? They go, I don't know. It wasn't some magic strategy or anything. All as I say, it was just God. It was God at work. We called out to God. He heard us and He answered us. See, I love Acts chapter one, verse eight. Many of us know this scripture. You shall receive, anybody, you shall receive. Oh, that was very unconvincing right there. Come on, you shall receive. 
Again, I reckon we could put a little bit more behind that right now. You shall receive You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Talk about that's a wave. Starts in your life, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The ends of the earth is New Zealand, by the way. We're the furthest place from Jerusalem. And the Bible says from the ends of the earth, God will shine forth His glory. I'm convinced about that anyway. But but that's a wave emotion. You're gonna receive, what are you gonna receive? You're gonna receive? Turn to your neighbor and say, have you received power? Because if we're gonna start a wave, if we're gonna start a wave, what we need is we need the, the power of God. You can't do what you're called to do without God's power, without the gift of the Holy Spirit, without a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit's power. I believe God wants to start a wave. What do we need to start a wave? We need two or three intoxicated people. That's what we need. Two or three people who are filled with not those other spirits, but with the Spirit of God, who are filled with His power, His power, baptized in His power. How do you know whether you've been filled with the Holy Spirit or not? See, many people can have a moment and they can get the tingles, but there's no evidence of God's power working in their lives. You know you're filled with the Holy Spirit when you can surrender the me, the my, the I, for the we, the our, and the us. See, many people don't understand that when you give your heart to Jesus, your life is no longer your own. You've been bought with a price. As Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says, it's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. It's Christ who lives in me. I have many people come up to me and say, Sam, I just want to make a difference. I really want to make a difference. Over time, you find out it's more about the I than the difference. It's I want to make a difference. It's not really about the difference. It's more about me. But see, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, He says, you shall be witnesses. That word witness comes from the Greek word where we get the word martyr from. And what many people don't understand about the power of the Holy Spirit is when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, what happens is God gives you the power to lay down your life. To lay down those desires. To embrace His call. I wanna ask, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Because if you have, it's not about me. It's not about my. It's not about I. It's about His purpose 
been outworked in my life. Some years ago, I went out for dinner with uh, some friends. And when it comes to ordering dinner, I just normally follow somebody else. I've been following your pastor all weekend. He orders, I just say, I'll have what you're having. He knows the food and I can trust him. I think I can trust him. Uh, but, but I just go there. And normally if it's steak, if it's meat, I'm good. I'm good. So, you know, I'm out for a dinner with my friend. He, we order our main and it was amazing. And then, uh, you know, the waiter comes in and says, do you want dessert? A lot of people say, oh, I'll just have a look. How many know if you're going to have a look, you're going to order something? It's the first step. And so we looked at the menu, and on the menu, there was a whole lot of things like uh, ice cream, like apple pie. Who hasn't had dinner yet? Um, sorry about this. Uh, you know, what, what's a dessert in the Philippines? Hala hala? Is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, chocolate cake. And these things. I didn't take notice of what my friend ordered, but I think that day I ordered some ice cream and apple pie. But anyway, uh, they came in, gave us our food, put our food in front of us. I got my ice cream, apple pie. But what was put in front of my friend was a bowl of broccoli. I'm going, did they get that wrong? We've had our mains. He goes, no, no, no. Uh, I ordered a broccoli. And I go, what? For dessert. He said, yeah, I just felt like it. I said, you're crazy. Who in their mind puts broccoli in the same sentence with dessert? When I think of dessert, I think of ice cream, hala hala, if I said that right. You know, I, th- I think of apple pie, chocolate cake. I think of all these other things. I don't think of broccoli. Now, I know broccoli is a good food. It's a power food. You know, it's really good for you to eat. I know it's good for me to eat, but it's not something that I desire. Uh, you know, I, I, I eat it because it's good for me. I, I don't think, oh man, I just feel like broccoli. How do you know whether you're being filled with the Holy Spirit? It's when you can order broccoli for dessert. Some of you are going, hey, I don't know if I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because that is just crazy. That is crazy. See, many of us in our Christian life, what happens is uh, we read our Bible because it's the right thing to do. It's a good thing to do. Uh, we go to church because it's the right thing to do. You know, it's the right there. You know, we, we, we do things because it's the right thing to do, but it's not the desired thing. But what happens when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, God turns the right thing into the desired thing. Some of you have been struggling in your walk with God and you're doing things because it's the right thing to do, but it's not the desired thing. But God wants to work in such a way in your life where you take the right thing, where you go, man, I'd rather read the Bible than read a novel. I'd rather be in church in the house of God than go to a movie or hang out with my friends. I desire, I long for His presence. It's my desire See, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, it's Him who gives us the power and the desire to do what pleases Him. He gives us the desire. That's why we need to be immersed, baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
See, I didn't really understand a whole lot of verses in Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11 is a messianic prophecy. And, and there's some weird pictures there. It starts off by saying that when Jesus comes, the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might. It says that the spirit of the knowledge and the fear of God. So it talks about Jesus. This is what will happen. But then it goes on in verse six and it gives some pictures that I could never quite get my head around. It says this. It says the wolf will dwell with the lamb. I've watched the Discovery Channel. I've never seen a wolf dwell with a lamb. I've seen a wolf eat a lamb. But what's the saying here? When the Spirit of God comes, God will change the nature of the wolf so it can dwell with the lamb. It says the leopard will lie down with the young goats. Question I wanna ask you tonight is, can a leopard change its spots? Some of you are saying, this is the way I am. My parents struggle with this. I struggle with this. This is the way it's gonna be. But I wanna say, when the Spirit of God comes upon you, things change. Your whole nature changes. See, I grew up as shy and insecure, but I had to come to realize that shyness was not one of the fruits of the Spirit. And when the Spirit comes upon a person, He changes the nature of that person. Because my Bible says, the righteous shall be as bold as a lion. Goes on and gives some pictures. It talks about how the lion shall eat straw like an ox. That's wild. That's like a farmer becoming a vegetarian. It's like, that's a big move. A lion? It is straw. But when the Spirit of God comes, there'll be a change. You want to start a wave? Get intoxicated. Two or three people are intoxicated, baptized with power. People are going to look upon them and go, man, flip, that changed. What's different about those two or three people? See, you only need two or three. Because wherever two or three are gathered in His name, there He is in the midst. If two or three agree in His name, He'll give us whatever we ask for. You know, I'm not speaking necessarily to a whole big group of people tonight. I may be just speaking to two or three, because if we get two or three people filled with the Spirit, we can start a wave that can change the nation. How many want to start a wave? Don't worry, there's more. If we're going to start away, we'd need two or three intoxicated people. But we need to realize, you know, waves often start when there's a disinterest or a dissatisfaction with what's going on. It's like the home team's losing and they think, oh, what the heck, the crowd thinks, let's just have a good time anyway. And so they start this wave. I, I want to declare right now that in society, people are looking for answers. The, the world has promised a lot, but delivered on very little. And there's an emptiness and there's a hunger within people. Everyone's looking for Jesus right now. Every person you've ever met is looking for Jesus. They're just looking in the wrong places. That's where we need to stand up. 
and say, hey, we know the answer. The answer to the longing of your heart is found in Jesus. The answer to that pain is found in Jesus. The answer to that loneliness is found in Jesus. Many people have tried different things and and there's this void and emptiness within them. But Jesus carries answers. See, I don't wanna just have a belief in God. I wanna experience God. I I grew up in a pastor's home where I used to listen to message after message. I I worked out by the age of 18. I listened to over 2,000 messages. I thought, man, that's a great message. Oh, that was funny. Oh, that was a good joke. And I often respond on the basis of how somebody preached. But then the Holy Spirit brought conviction to my life. He spoke to me through John chapter 8, verse 32, where it says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. How many want to live free? Yeah, get this. It's not the truth that you've heard that sets you free. It's not the truth that you can quote that sets you free. That word know means to learn with your five senses. It means to experience the truth. You, you, you can read something, you can hear something and still be bound. It's the truth that you've stepped out on. That's the thing that brings freedom to your life. And the world right now is looking at the church and going, are they really free? Because when people get free, other people go, man, I want that. I love the fact that just in our worship environments, and this has happened over many years right now, uh, the first time it happened was there was a guy who, who was the poster boy in our nation for synthetic cannabis. And as a result of smoking synthetic cannabis, he became self-harming. He, it was self-harming. He was cutting himself. In fact, it's a big thing in our nation right now. People cutting themselves on the outside to alleviate the pain that's on the inside. There's an inner pain, but they're trying to cut themselves and he cut himself, but in the middle of a worship atmosphere, what happened was God moved upon his life. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. He went to McDonald's after the meeting and as he was there, he goes, something happened in my life. Something happened in my life. And he began to roll up his sleeves where his scars used to be. And the scars that were on his arm had totally disappeared. Then he lifted up his shirt where he'd cut himself all around his side. He did it at McDonald's, yeah. And, and all the scars from around his side were completely gone. We've got about 30 testimonies where people have come in self-harm, just because of the pain in their life. God's ministered just in a worship atmosphere, not just in a worship atmosphere, in a worship atmosphere where God's presence and power is and He's brought about answers. See, the Holy Spirit knows people's needs, even when we don't. I believe that the kingdom of God works anywhere and everywhere. See, what religion does is it puts the power of God into a Sunday meeting or a conference. But we're meant to be immersed in His power that wherever we go, we can express the kingdom of God into those spaces. You're not just favoured on a Sunday. Come on, you're favoured on a Monday. 
Come on, you're favored when you come in, when you go out. You're favored in the city, you're favored in the country. Come on, you're fa- you carry God's favor. You carry God's anointing. You don't need a keyboard pad to be anointed. And think about, one of the things I talk about all the time with people is the Holy Spirit. Don't live your Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit. Many people hit ceilings and get frustrated and disillusioned because they're trying to outwork God's call in their own strength. But God's given us power. He's given us power. And I often talk about the Holy Spirit. In fact, I went to the gym with one big guy. He's training to be a bodybuilder. And I don't know why I worked out with him, but I was working out with him and another guy. And I was praying all the time, God, give me the power to lift these weights. It didn't work. Anyway, but I talked about, I was talking with this other guy. He was a Christian. He'd been in and out of church, a little bit disillusioned. In fact, you know, sort of connected, but not connected. And I just talked about the power of the Holy Spirit. I said, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. He goes, what do you mean? I said, well, it's a gift that God's given us, the Holy Spirit. And you need His power working in your life. And I just begin to share my testimony, you know, of how, being baptized in the Holy Spirit changed my life and still changes my life today. How? By speaking in other tongues. That's a source of edification. And we all need encouragement, don't we? And when we speak in another tongue, what do we do? We edify ourselves. And I was talking about this and he's going, man, that's amazing. He hadn't really heard of it. And he says, I, I want that. I said, well, we, we can pray for you. He goes, what, here and now? I go, Yeah in the middle of the gym. I, I said, we can pray for you. Maybe not in the middle of the gym. But I said, why, why don't we go out to the car? Why don't we go out to the car and, and we can pray for you there? There's no keyboard. We jumped in the car. My, my big mate, you know, he just worked out. He was hot and sweaty. And so the windows of the car fogged up. It wasn't a glory cloud. It, was, it just fogged up. But there in the car, we laid hands on him. He got baptized in the Holy Spirit, spoke in other tongues. This happened about two years ago, but I just heard a couple of weeks ago that he's now living in Australia, leading a youth ministry that's having a massive effect. And he points back to that day in a gym car park where he got baptized in the Holy Spirit. In fact, I got another friend, uh, I was visiting him. He runs a whole lot of movie theatres. And we have this gold class over in New Zealand where you can go to gold class, you know, gold class cinemas. And, and uh, I was speaking to him in the gold class lounge. He's a great friend to know, by the way. And uh, I was speaking to him in the gold class lounge and his brother came in who I hadn't seen for 15 years. He came in, he'd been hot and cold in his, in his walk with God and he was going through some things. And I said, where are you at with God? He goes, I still believe. But man, I'm struggling right now. I just talked to him about the Holy Spirit. Yeah, about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And what happened there in that gold class lounge, we laid hands on him. We prayed for him. He got filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke in other tongues. There was no padded keyboard. Come on, the kingdom of God, you've got to understand this. It works anywhere and everywhere. Religion works within the four walls of the building on the Sunday. And God wants to take what's in here. Come on, what you've experienced in here. 
It's for your family who don't know Jesus. It's for your workplace. Come on, we could start a wave in this nation. And if we're going to start a wave, what do we need? We need two or three intoxicated people who understand that we carry hope, that we can bring answers to the places that God's put us in, that there's a disinterest and a dissatisfaction with what the world has to offer right now. And those two or three people, number three, if we're to start a wave, just need to be totally committed. They need to have a conviction. Because if you're gonna start a wave, it's gonna take a bit to get above the noise of the crowd. You know, it's like so often one person is just going, oh, come on, let's start a wave. And everybody around them go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're gonna start a wave. And then they count down from 10. They go 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 8. And, and only one person is lifting their hands. Hang on a sec, I thought we we're all in on this. You know, pastor leader gets up and goes, man, we're going to do this. We're going to believe for a whole lot of people to get saved. We're going to run this event. And everybody's not in their head, but on the inside, they're going, no, no, no. You know, I don't know if that happens quite a bit. It's like, yeah, I'll be there. But you have no intention of being there. And, and everybody comes, come on, let's plant a church. Yeah, we're in. But then we are asked to give money and it's like, oh, no. Yeah, and they go, let's count down. And it's like, oh, we're left hanging. I like the story found in Luke chapter two about Joseph and Mary. Uh, they go to the feast of the Passover. Jesus, he's still a boy. Many of you know the story. They have the feast of the Passover uh, and they have this celebration, but then they go home. And the Bible says, one day's journey down the road, they, they looked around and go, where's Jesus? How many have ever lost their kid before? I've lost my kid for five minutes in a mall. That's a long time. They were a day's journey down the road before they realized Jesus was missing. That's a long time. Here, here's the deal. Uh, don't live a day without Jesus. Uh, some of you go through your day and you don't even know Jesus is missing. Some of you going through, I'm all good, I've got it today. Uh, you know, it's only when an emergency comes in, you go, oh, I need Jesus right now. What would happen if you lived every day with Jesus? You started every morning with Jesus. See, see they lost the Son of God. Mr. Son of God, hey, you know your son? You know, the creator of the universe, you guys together the redeemer of mankind, you know, the savior of the world. Yeah, we, we just lost him. Yeah, we, we, we don't know where he was, where he is. Uh, but get this, here's the issue. The problem was that Mary thought Jesus was with Joseph. But Joseph thought Jesus was with Mary. But get this. It was until they came together, they didn't know what they were missing. Some of you go, I'm all good. Pastor James has got Jesus. But what if he doesn't? See, it's until the body, the people of God come together. 
I know God speaks and manifests himself to individuals in individual moments, but there's greater manifestations of his power when the people of God come together. That's why the church needs to come together. That's why, you know, I love this story because here's the thing. Where was Jesus? He was in the last place that they saw him. They went back and they found him where? In his father's house. And some people right now, they're looking for Jesus, but they're going everywhere and anywhere but the house of God. See, when you lost joy, when you lost peace, you need to go back to the gathering of God's people because that's where you're gonna find Jesus. And when Mary and Joseph, where were you? We were looking for you. He goes, of course, I was here. And some of us, when we lose our way, we distance ourselves from the house of God. I love the fact that when my father-in-law passed away, we're in our second year of marriage. He passed away on a Sunday morning. At that point of moment, my wife said, I don't need to be alone. I need the presence of Jesus. And so while he passed away at 2 a.m. in the morning, where did she find herself? Where did we find ourselves on a Sunday morning? In the house of God. We didn't need alone time. And I looked at her that day and I saw her worship. I saw her worship. She was worshiping God in her pain. And the presence of God, the power of God met her in her moment of need. And some of us, when we go through trials, we distance ourselves. But that's when we need to come together. That's where our conviction is actually tested. If we're gonna start a wave, what do we need? We need two or three intoxicated people who understand that there's a disinterest and a dissatisfaction with what the world has to offer. And those two or three people just need to go, man, we're committed, we're in. We're in on this. Whatever it takes. I don't understand what's happening right now, but I'm committed. Come on, if we're gonna see the Philippines saved, we need to send people all over the place. And unless something's in them, it's not gonna last. Here's the thing. If it's not in you, it can be stolen from you. Now, the whole thing about this conference is I pray that there's an impartation. See, many people today, they understand you know, power. They recognize where the power of God's moving. And, and power sometimes, you know, is, is uh, we want the power of God, as I said. But, but that's to recognize where there is a wave. Like how Bill Johnson puts it, you know, power is to recognize a wave, but when you have authority, you can start a wave. You can create something out of nothing. We need some people to go into dark places where nothing is happening and be able to start something. See, you know you have spiritual authority. And I like this thought. Within the word authority is the word author. When you have spiritual authority, you're able to author your world. You're not a victim of your circumstance. You're able to write, you are able to create something. Maybe you don't like the last chapter of your life. Come on, I really believe God wants His people to walk in His authority. 
Walking, see, see, when, when you understand that is like, hey, the last chapter may have been bad, but God's given me a pen. I can write a whole new chapter because I have authority. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to Jesus and He commissions us to go. We need to understand that. If you understood what backing you'd have, you wouldn't be sitting down. You'd be moving right now. Come on, we're going to see a wave. I, I believe this wave is not just going to reach the Philippines. I believe the wave from this church, and I'm prophesying right now, is going to move right across Asia into Africa. Come on, I believe already in Australia something's happening. Come on, there's a wave that's going to become unstoppable. If you believe that, I want you to give God a praise right now. Come on, give God a praise in this place. How many people want to start a wave? We could have the musicians up. Last thought. We're to start a wave. What do we need? So three intoxicated people. We have a disinterest and a dissatisfaction with what the world has to understand. There's a disinterest and a dissatisfaction with what the world has to offer. Those two or three people just totally committed. And number four, if you're going to start a wave, you need to keep on going amongst the limited response. In New Zealand, Australia, England, we play this crazy game called cricket. Anybody heard of that game before, cricket? For people who don't understand the game, it's like watching paint dry. It doesn't seem like there's much action taking place. You've got to have a deeper understanding, but this game goes for one day. There's one day, but there's a version of the game that, that doesn't just go one day, it goes five days. Five days, one game lasting five days. And people go to watch for five days. Cricket, that's what they do. And, and you see these people go and you, you see these fans, you know, they turn up to the stadium with all this stuff. But there's always somebody in a cricket crowd who goes, man, let's start a wave because after all, there's not much action. And they go, let's start a wave. Even when... Hardly anybody's in the stadium. They're going like, let's start a wave. They're going 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hey! There's hardly anybody there. But then the ground fills up and it's like all day because the game lasts five days and it lasts all day. All day, they're, they're going, let's start a wave. Hey, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, hey! Nobody's doing anything. Stadium's but... We're going to start a wave. And you see these guys. They've had a bit to drink. They're intoxicated. Because nobody in their right mind will keep on going. But they keep on going and they go, okay, come on, let's go. Maybe this time. And they go, okay, over here, let's try this group over here. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, hey. Okay, you guys are useless over here. Maybe I'll try over this side. And they go again. They go, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hey! Whoa, wow. We've got a bit of traction here. It's like, oh man, there's something. Can, so I go, oh man, they get buoyed up by it. They go, let's go again. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hey! Oh, a few more. Where does the wave start? In a stadium, it always starts in the cheap seats. It always starts in the cheap seats. 
But they go again, you know, again, they go, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, hey! Oh, we got a few more, we got a few more. It's like, guaranteed, it goes around the stadium, goes around the stadium. And in New Zealand, Australia, in cricket grounds, they have this stand called the members stand. The members stand. And so it will start off here, you know, around the stadium, around the stadium. And when it dies, everybody goes, boo, boo, like that. And then they go again, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Goes around, goes around. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> goes around, goes around. Guaranteed, without fail, a wave will always die at the member stand. The other ones have been coming to the game for a long time. The other ones who used to play the game but no longer play the game. The other ones who just want the comfortable chairs and the food delivered to them. Guarantee, you know, without fail, starts in the cheap seats. The other ones who've had a fresh encounter with God. And those in the members, oh, look at these guys, they're doing the wave. How nice is that? Been there, done that? A little bit disappointed. But I love, I love it. I've seen it time and time again. It's like it starts in the cheap seats. goes around one stand to the next stand. Hits the member stand. Jumps the member stand. And just keeps on going. Here's the thing. If you don't respond, God will just bypass you. There's whole generations that are not recorded 400 years between the Old and the New Testaments, people who lived, who died, who lived and existed, no mention of them, just bypassed. Not of my generation, my nation, this nation needs to see a move of God. Needs to see a move of God. We need to see something that we've never seen before. Yes, God's moved in the past, but the greatest move of God hasn't taken place yet. And God say, now, we're not gonna locate the power of God somewhere in the past or somewhere way out in the future. We're saying, God, right now, fill us with Your power. Fill us with Your Spirit. Fill us to overflow. Just two or three people. Just two or three people. Let's just go, man, God, I want everything you have for my life. You died for me, so I'm going to live for you. I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to waste a moment. This is my time. This is my hour. God's done something in my life over these couple of days. God, this... Now, 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 now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. And I hear the countdown of heaven right now. Come on, I hear the countdown of heaven in this place. He's going 10, 9, he's going 8, 
He's got seven. He's got six. He's got five. Come on, the countdown of heaven in this place. Three. He's got two. He's got one. Come on. Jesus, come fill us with your power.